And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Happy holidays and welcome into Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. As long as our producer, Jake Noicker, doesn't screw things up, we'll be talking fighting with you here for the next hour. We appreciate you checking us out on the Odyssey app on YouTube with Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. And dude, UFC 296 has to be not only the weirdest card this year, but maybe the weirdest card that I can ever remember. That Leon versus Colby fight, I'm still not exactly sure what I saw. Shafkot ended up subbing Wonderboy, something that's never happened to Stephen Thompson. But I thought Shafkot looked off too. Patty Pimblett, is it time to say that he's overrated or were you impressed? Is Tony Ferguson done? And Josh Emmett, oh my goodness, maybe the worst knockout I've ever seen of Bryce Mitchell. So we got a lot to get into. Let's just go ahead and start at the top in the main event. Leon Edwards, unanimous decision over Colby Covington. What did you see? Because what I saw was a Colby that looked, I can't blame that on ring rust. He just looked bad. What did you see? Yeah, a lot of people are putting this up to either ring rust or age. Um, You know, was he banged up going into the fight? All these types of things. I I do think that Leon, you know, did. we've seen this now with, you know, the two top wrestlers in this division. I mean, maybe Bilal's going to take that title uh, of the best wrestler in division soon. But I just think that Leon had a great game plan for him. He had a very clear speed advantage. He wasn't intimidated by... Colby's pace he really dictated the distance kept Colby on the back foot usually Colby is always 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 coming forward and trying to initiate the action and that very much wasn't the case I mean look he's never been a very pristine striker it's usually a lot of volume and a lot of punches coming your way to mix up with the the threat of the takedown and he didn't really have the threat of the takedown. In fact, um, most of his wrestling success was pretty much dictated by Leon maybe going for a sub or you know, going for something a little bit wacky because he wanted to go reverse a takedown. You know, he just couldn't dictate any of the terms on the fight. I just I just thought that he didn't look in Leon Edwards' class. I was surprised also, but I guess for different reasons in that main event. I thought that Colby he looked like Tyron Woodley has. In his last four or five fights, what I'm saying is gun shy. And I thought maybe he had an injury early on the way that he was fighting, because as you made the point, BT, he's always coming forward. And even in the early rounds, he didn't. That It was dictated the entire night by Leon. And I told you coming into this one that I wanted to see Leon do it one more time. And then I would give him his flowers. I, I'm maybe I'm a hater, but. That was Colby on his worst night, wasn't it? I mean, Leon was good, and Leon's the champion. And I love Leon. He came on the show. He gave us a really fun interview. But, dude, that was more Colby just looking like crap on Saturday night. I I definitely think that's the bigger story of Colby looking bad. And I also don't disagree with you because I do think that Leon didn't didn't have a memorable performance. And I felt like he didn't really have a threat, and he could have made it. Um, you know, part of that was he wanted to out grapple. I wouldn't have done that with, if I was him, I would have kept trying to get up and, you know, try and hit like the highlight shot. I think that would have been the way to go. Um, 
So I don't disagree with you. I think that Leon, it's not going to be the the most memorable fight of Leon's championship tenure if it does last past another fight. But the bigger, yeah, the bigger story is just, wow, Kobe just didn't look championship level anymore. Maybe it is an age thing. I know that's where everybody wants to go and just say that he's washed. I I don't want to just, I don't want to take credit away from Leon because I do think he was doing some things to really bother Kobe. But from my standpoint, it was very strange to just see a Colby Covington look a little bit bewildered. He usually tries to, you know, bring uh, bring the bring the pace to a fight, and that wasn't the case here. And we'll get to the champion Leon and what's next for him because there's certainly a handful of suitors that want the shot at his belt. But let's start with Colby. What's next for him? I mean, what were the odds that he was going to be calling out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson at the end of the night, right? And that the president, or should I say ex-president Donald Trump, who was Octagon side, didn't even make it to Colby's interview, started walking off like just a strange, strange night. I don't know that anybody's too interested. Like I, I said Tyrone Woodley a couple of minutes ago, it kind of feels like the way that his career went down pretty quick, where not only did he not throw punches and he lost a lot of fights, but... I don't know how interested people are in watching Colby fight. You look at his resume now, and I was a huge Colby fan going into this one, so I kind of feel like a jerk here. What's he really done? I mean, look, he's always going to be, I mean, in a lot of ways, he's like his mentor. He's a lot like Chael Sonnen. Like, he's going to be remembered for a guy that Great had point. a really good performance, had a re- had a, his best performance, is going to be known for almost beating Kamara before getting his jaw broken, was able to talk his way into a rematch. You know, had some fun grudge matches that he got the better of, uh, but ultimately just didn't look championship level. So, I mean, it's it's mirrored Chael in a lot of ways. I think the difference, though, is, man, I, I do feel like a lot of people, if you, if you still were back in Colby, it does feel like it hit a little bit of a... Uh, just too much too much of a too much of a, a a line that he stepped over this this fight promotion with the whole Leon dad thing. So I think that's the thing too. I think a lot of people stepped on, just feel like Colby was just out of bounds with that. And so I don't know where he goes from here to answer your question. It's because he hasn't been active. There's not a really a a lot of obvious robberies. Gilbert Burns wanted to fight him and has been wanting to fight him, but he's tied up with, uh, with uh, Jack Melodena, Madalena. So that's kind of out. Um, Him versus wonder boy. I mean, you want to talk about old versus old, like, no interest in that whatsoever. So I don't know what the answer is. I mean, maybe this is the, uh, the, the token move up to middleweight and see what he does there. I don't know. I guess the biggest difference though, and it's a great comparison with Chael is Chael inside the octagon definitely got old. That's what happens outside with his tongue. He might've gotten even better. Like some of his best lines were Bellator, right? The fights versus Tito and all that with Colby. It almost feels like his character, it's kind of like with Conor McGregor, right? Conor's last press conference, or at least the one I remember, like with Dustin Poirier and his, your wife's your husband or whatever, Joe Lee's wife, it's turned into just angry and corny. And I would say that's almost what I saw from Colby outside the octagon. Inside, I just, just all of a sudden, his shtick got real old real quick after that fight. Now, maybe I'm just bitter because I had money on him. He went off, by the way, as a plus 115 underdog as soon as the fight went off. So it was very close to a pick Whoever had their money on Leon that night, you were feeling great from the second they said go. Oh, yeah. It it really wasn't. There was no point where you felt Leon Edwards was in any danger at all. Um, 
you know, and and for him, I think that look, he has shown. He, I don't think he's going to be your typical striker who, oh, as soon as he gets in there with the right grappler, that grappler is going to be a problem. Like even him versus Bilal, like Bilal might get him because Bilal is really talented, but. I do think that Leon shown he is not your typical strike first guy who has a big vulnerability. Um, this guy's going to be tough to beat because there's not a lot of weaknesses there. Um, I'm curious to see like if, if they, you know, cause he hasn't had the flashiest career, even up to winning the belt. He just happens to have one of the most iconic title wins of all time. So how are people going to take to him as a champion is going to be interesting because, all right, you've had the moment we're always going to remember. But as we've seen, you know, we get very fickle with these championship performances and how you go out, see, you know, Adesanya, you know, one one Adesanya stinker, people are walking out, and then he has to go, you know, do something crazy like knock out Alex Pajeda against the cage for us to be back on board with him. So I do. it does feel like whatever his next fight is needs, like, another one of those moments to, to really remind you of, of, of how much everybody fell in love with him when he had that win over Usman in the, in the second fight where he won the belt. Unfortunately for him, I think his next fight isn't even going to be a main event. I think that his next fight will probably be a co-main. Now, maybe you move it over to England, you get Tom Aspinall on the card, something like that. But, I mean, let's be dead honest with ourselves. Let's just, for the sake of this conversation, say it's Bilal Muhammad. You're one of the biggest fight fans I know. You host, you host the best fight show on the radio and the internet, tapped out here on the BetQL network. Be honest with me. Do you have any interest in watching Bilal Muhammad fight Leon Edwards? I really don't have a problem with it. I, I First of all, I think it's a good clash of styles. I think that Bilal's kind of, in a lot of ways, is like Leon. Like, Leon got to a point where he was exactly. undeniable and he got the title shot. And I, and I do think as fight fans, it don't always need everything to be a grudge match. I'm okay with, hey... This guy's the best guy. There's not a debate here. And one of the things that has turned me off with Leon was in the post fight where he's like, well, Bilal doesn't get to skip the line. It's like, well, he doesn't, he didn't skip the line. He went and won the number one contendership against Gilbert Burns. There is no line. And so for his coach to come out this week and say, we want to fight Gilbert Burns. Guys, I tell you this. I love Gilbert Burns. That's my boy. Gilbert Burns, even if he lost with one arm, does not deserve a title shot before Bilal Muhammad. It's ridiculous. Uh, there's nobody else who deserves to fight for that belt other than Bilal Muhammad right now. Shavkat Rachmanov doesn't deserve to fight for the belt right now. It's crazy talk. And so that was the only thing that really put me down with Leon because Leon's been in that spot. And I prefer when a champion, when a champion gets kind of dragged along and then they finally get there, don't then act the way that you hated people acting to you when you were the challenger. Like, I feel like if you've been in those shoes, be the stand-up champion and fight the guy who deserves the belt or fight deserves the shot. The that's that's kind of why I wanted Colby to win. I want to see how he's going to conduct himself afterwards and see if he was just going to like, he'll flip back right in front of us. But he put on an awful, terrible performance and Leon keeps his belt. It is interesting with Leon going forward because like you said, he probably to, to get the to get the big pay-per-view, to get the big eyeballs, he probably does need another highlight moment where people go, damn, I gotta watch this guy fight. But he's great and he might defend this thing four or five times. Okay, let's just move on and jump around here a little bit. Cause you mentioned Shavkat Rachmanov, still undefeated, still finished every single fight, took out our boy Wonder Boy like we thought he was going to. Round two submission. I was close to hitting that one. I had round two Shavkat by knockout. First time Wonder Boy. 
has been submitted inside the octagon. Um, no surprise that Shavkat won. No surprise that he finished him. Afterwards, via interpreter, said that he was coming into the fight with an injury, which, bro, I'm so sick of hearing, especially as a better. That's just complete and total BS. That, that has to be disclosed the same way it is in the NFL. That's another conversation for another day. Shavkat didn't look right either. He looked better than Colby, but he didn't look right. I thought, yeah, I, I, for me, I thought that I, getting the finish was tough enough. Like you said, you're the first guy in history to do something to a guy who's been in the UFC forever. Uh, and what do we complain about? He kept his perfect record. He kept his perfect finish rate because he held him in the clinch up against the cage for a round. Big deal. Like, I, I don't give a rat's ass. Like, the, I, I know, I think everybody realizes if that guy, if that was that guy damaged, and he made it look that easy, like because Wonder Boy had like a couple body kicks, he really didn't have a shot in hell. Then I think that really speaks that wow, he still went out there and got the finish. For me, this guy looks like the truth, and it, and his his title run does seem inevitable. He says he doesn't give a rat's ass about old rat hat. Yep, Jake, I got that one too. That's Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. We still got a ton to talk about on the other side, just from this card. Pantoja keeps his belt. Over Roy Ball, I lost that one. Patty Pemblett, are we ready to call him overrated? Dude, once it – we'll get there. I got a lot. Tony Ferguson, is he done? Josh Emmett, he ain't done. Bryce Mitchell, I thought he was done, done. I don't want to make too much light of that, but shaking around the octagon, that was scary. Let's take a break on the other side. Let's get to the rest of what happened at UFC 296 right here on Tapped Out. We're back with more Tapped Out. 
with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Rolling along here on Tapped Out with Jake Nolicker and Brendan Tobin. It's me, the sports machine, Sean Levine. Let's get back into UFC 296. Leon took out Colby by unanimous decision. It was also, Brendan, unanimous decision in the co-main event. Alex Pantoja keeps his belt over Brandon Royval. It's the first time that we've seen a flyweight event that hasn't involved Moreno or Figueredo in the last, I want to say, like three and a half, four years. It was a fun fight. Pantoja's really good. Do you think he holds the belt for a while? Um, I, I, I see no reason. I mean, like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Moreno and Albazi later on because we, I think we've seen in Moreno's rivalry with Figueredo, these flyweights can go back and forth. I think with Royval, like, look, he's a fun fighter. He just has a very clear hole that uh, Pantoja can take a- advantage of. So there's not going to be a lot of resistance there, and he's got an easy path to victory. I think that is a little bit tougher against Moreno. Um, but I do think that, you know, he's got all the tools for it because he, he's got pop. He is a dangerous grappler. Uh, he, even though he looks worn out after round one, he just keeps going and he keeps just bringing the pace the entire time. So there's no reason why he can't. It's just, this is a division that, you know, these guys are, are so fast, so technical that there could always be a slip up that, that can get you, but he's got all the tools for it to last for a little bit. To be fair, I'm wore out after doing one segment with you, and I always tread on, so here we go. I'm tapped out. Pantoja still the champion, takes out Roy Ball. We'll see what's next. We mentioned in the opening segment, if you missed it, go back and check out the podcast. Shavkat Rachmanov took out Wonderboy. That fight wasn't close, as expected. Let's get to the Patty Pimblett-Tony Ferguson fight. Patty by unanimous decision. Once again, Patty unable to finish a fight. Tony Ferguson once again looks old. Patty, it felt like kind of the later on that early on, I thought Patty looked really good. And I'm not just talking about his mm-hmm. cornrows. He had the Uriah Faber look going. I'm talking about once he got in the octagon, I thought he looked good. I thought he was flowing a la a young Donald Cerrone. It wasn't just one punch. The punches were followed up by kicks and elbows. And, and then like a round and a half in, you know what we look like? He looked like Conor McGregor when these things get two and a half, three rounds in. And he just looked gassed, and his legs looked done, and he looked like he was almost trying to cover it up, but everybody else knew that he was tired. And at that point, if this was Tony Ferguson, even from like two years ago, Tony probably takes him out. What I'm trying to tell you in a long-winded roundabout way is I've seen enough of Patty. He doesn't suck, but he's definitely overrated. I don't disagree with the term overrated. I think that, look, he's been spotlighted and, and everybody's going to, you know, everybody's going to pick and, 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 and dissect every little thing that he does. He did say coming into this, this was a lose-lose situation. Um, and, and I think even Corbier mirrored that on the broadcast. I don't necessarily, I didn't like that term going into the fight because I thought that he could have looked impressive against Tony and made a lot of people shut up. And I don't think that he did that. Um, you know, it was very clear what happened. Like he, he ruined the gas tank trying to finish Tony early. Tony, you know, is, is tough. I mean, like he's taken a lot of L's, but he's not, not everybody's head kicked him to hell like Michael Chandler has. So, you know, he gets that win. I think that's the, I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world, but he does have a lot. I think we can all see that this is a guy that is going to be very popular, but I think has a long way to go before he's competing for titles. 
And I don't know what's next for him. I honestly think that the obvious thing should be he should run it back with Jared Gordon, and we should see what happens with that fight. And um, and just as an aside, hate the cornrows with Patty. Some people shouldn't mm. go with that look. He had one of the most distinguished looks in the league with the uh, in the in the UFC with the Beatles flowing blonde hair. That's a great look for him. Having the cornrows, you look like every other dude with long hair, like your eye favor, like Sean O'Malley. I don't like it. You know, let it flow like Bruce Leroy. Have the flow out there. Terrible look by Patty Pimblett. So as the one guy on this program that still has his hair left, I'll leave that one to you. I guess you're right. And for a guy your age, you do still have a really nice head of hair. However, you're just wrong Thanks, about man. this one. If, if, if any guy at any point in their life can have cornrows, you should do it. And you probably wouldn't be surprised to find out that a young 22-year-old sports machine once walked into one of the only black barbers in town and shocked the people when I asked for cornrows. And I, they didn't look good. It lasted for 48 no. hours. In fact, my, my, my dad got rid of him in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, like, not everybody should do it. Like, Tua did it for, like, two weeks down here, and everybody was just like, I don't know what he's doing. He's going through a thing here. Like, not everybody should do it. Patty Pimblett's got gorgeous hair. Let that thing flow. It's not like it's in the – uh, it's not like Ben Henderson where it was in the way, you know? Like, he just – he had the right look for it. I don't understand it. And get away from that. You, you have a distinguished money-making look. People sell the wigs. Everybody likes being the Patty Pimblet, wearing the Patty Pimblet hair. Don't don't go to the to the braids. It's a terrible look for him. Okay, well, Team Cornrows over here, just for the record. Uh, right before the Patty Pimblet Tony Ferguson fight, Josh Emmett knocked out Bryce Mitchell in the first <laughs> round with a punch that sounded like an absolute baseball bat. I mean, it was so violent that Josh Emmett. To his credit, walked off, no hammer fist, no follow-up, none necessary. Pretty much just turned around and knew what happened. And then Bryce Mitchell, by the way, both guys, friend of the show. We've had Bryce on, one of our most favorite interviews we've ever done. We've had Josh Emmett on a couple of times, really nice guy. So we like both of them. Uh, just for the record, I ended up right before the fight putting my money on Josh Emmett by knockout because I got 4-1 to one on my money. Bet MGM had a bonus, too, so it ended up paying 6-1. to one. It... Just didn't feel right to celebrate whether it was me that won money or Emmett inside the octagon because it was so violent, PT. Bryce Mitchell, our boy, was literally having a seizure inside the octagon. Now, the good news is he was all right. They took him to the hospital. The next day, I don't know if you saw, I don't know if it was on Instagram or what it was, but he basically was saying the whole, I appreciate everybody's concern. I'm back at the barn. I feel okay. He sounded okay. Dude, that punch did not look okay. Yeah, man, it's a brutal sport. Uh, some some crazy stuff happens. I honestly feel like Rogan made that very bad for a lot of viewers because he just kept screaming at the television about like, don't let him stand up. He's gonna twist a knee. I'm like, dude, like, relax. Like, you're you're acting like the guy is is gonna go back out for another round. I, I felt like Rogan made it and that whole scene a lot worse. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And I felt like Daniel Cormier wanted to tell him to relax, but like, no one is gonna tell Rogan anything these days because he's so famous. But like he had to, he like he made that a lot worse, I think, for the viewer than it really was. Bryce Mitchell took a very vicious shot. It was very uh, crazy to see him convulse like that, no doubt about it. Um, and he's a badass man. Look, he took that fight on days' notice. That's a tough guy to get in there with. In Josh Emmett, it's part of the reason I bet on him. Um, 
you know, I think Bryce Mitchell can still have a good future in the sport. I'm not taking this one away from it at all. I mean, Josh Emmett's been a perennial top seven to five to title contender his basically entire UFC career. So there's no shame in losing to that guy, especially losing to him at the best part of his game, which is that right-hand bomb. He's got one of the best one-punch knockouts in all the sport, and he got you. Like, it's going to happen. Every once in a while, a guy is going to be able to bring his fastball, and you're not going to be able to catch up to the heat, and that's what happened there. Going into the fight, I'm sitting with my boys, and I looked at the odds on bet MGM, and Josh Emmett was an underdog. He was a plus 200 just to win the fight. Bryce Mitchell minus 250. I thought that's weird because Bryce Mitchell, short notice, last time that he didn't know who his opponent was going to be on short notice. You think about the Taporia fight, didn't go great for Bryce Mitchell. In fact, it went terrible. Everything you just said about Josh Emmett, completely true. Hits harder than anybody in the division. It's not like he doesn't have one-punch knockoff highlights before. Think about what he did to Michael Johnson back in the day and a couple of other dudes. So I thought it was going to happen. Then he knocked him out. I'm with you, man. Like, it's prayers up for Bryce Mitchell. If I'm him, after a shot like that, maybe you take a little bit of time off. Maybe Josh Emmett finds himself back in the title picture sooner rather than later. Look, when you're that entertaining of a fighter, uh, the, Josh Emmett's rarely in a boring fight. I think, like, yes, he's he's gotten there, and then, like, usually, like, it just seems like the water's a little bit too deep for him at the title reign. But look, when you when you come into the into the octagon with that weapon, you're always going to have a shot that everybody's intrigued by. You're never going to be out of it. It's like if you told me Derek Lewis was fighting Tom Aspinall for the belt. Yeah, you're probably going to put your money on Tom Aspinall, but you can't tell me you're not going to watch that fight intrigued. Like, you're not. Because, <laughs> like, every, because what if he gets him? Like, what if he gets him? And, and so that's going to be always the thing with, with Josh Emmett. So super happy for him. It was a great performance. It's great to see. And, and he's, like, you know, just such an, a, a mellow, down-to-earth dude. And so, like, to know that he can do that in a cage is pretty crazy. And you're right. Like Bryce, that definitely played into me betting on Josh. I, I didn't get that. He was an underdog. I think it just goes to Bryce is the hotter name. Josh is coming off a loss. Bryce is a grappler. But let's not forget, Josh Emmons no slouch on the ground. Like he just is known for his knockouts. So I just felt like it was a bad matchup for Bryce Mitchell. And uh, But I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back. And what was the fight of the night? Irina Aldana took out Carol Rosa Ooh. by split decision. I mean, you want to talk about two bloody faces. Not sure if you saw the photo afterwards where they've got their arm around each other at the hospital. That fight was that's that's what I needed to start this card. I was looking forward to 296 the entire time. And after that, man, I know their blood was gone, but my blood was flowing. Yeah, and it has to feel great, especially I think for Aldana, because you know, the Amanda Nunes fight was just such a such a wash, you know, and it was an exciting opportunity for her. So I think this kind of puts her back on the map and everybody's be like, all right, I'm going to be watching to see if she can get back to the For title sure. picture because that was really exciting. She obviously took a lot of damage with the, uh, to the legs from Osa. So both of them just unbelievable guts. I mean, it was a no brainer fight of the night pick. Um, you know, it, they, they, they really laid it all out. There It was an awesome, awesome fight. And then Cody Garbrandt by knockout over Brian Kelleher in round one. And Apparently, I've been hating on Cody Garbrandt a little bit too much behind the scenes because coming up next, you're going to get a chance to hear Cody Garbrandt on this show with Brendan Tobin. But my boy cut me out of the interview. 
He cut me out. I love Cody, and you didn't even let me in. That's incredible. I don't think you do. I do. Are you upset that I said that Kelleher was going to knock him out, and then I picked him to get knocked out in his last five fights? Is that why you're I mad? I think you've literally, yeah, you've literally picked him to lose every one of our fights. It's like one of you, you fade Cody. It's like it's one of your things, and he's just a delight. And he may be coming down now to Miami. We're going to be friends now. Like we're BFFs. Uh, maybe I'll invite you, and you can apologize to him. We'll see. I don't know. That's going to be painful if you're hanging out with him and I'm in town and you don't let me come over. That's terrible, man. You know I love Cody. Best tattoos. All I said was he was a little chinny, and to be fair. I still think he's a, don't tell him that when you interview him next. I still think he's a little chinny, but he wasn't that night. It was Brian Kelleher. Cody is one of those guys, though. Like, I don't know if we're talking title picture quick, but if we're talking maybe main eventing a fight night or co-maining a pay-per-view, Cody is still one of the more popular fighters in the game when he's winning. I don't know if he's one of the most pop, more popular fighters, but I think the thing that is interesting about it is he's only 32 years old. And a lot of guys are, yeah, he won the title at 25. Nobody is doing that these days, guys. Like, everybody is winning the belt. 28 is, like, the youngest champion right now. I think it's O'Malley. Most of the time, people are winning the title by the time they're 31, by the time they're 32, Cody's age. Which means to tell you, like, he can get on a run again. He had an, you know, obviously a very heated rivalry with TJ Dillashaw that he did not get the best of. One of those fights was really fun. It was a good back and forth between them. Um, I don't think it's impossible, man. I know that that is a shark tank of a division, but if you're talking about other than the chin, which is, yeah, you, you, you've seen him net knocked out. It's, it's a question mark, but hands, takedowns, gas tank, been on the Tattoos? biggest stage. We've seen him do it on the biggest stage. Look, yeah, like if you're talking, look, it's it's a tough division to crack because it's 135 for sure. But his call out of Davis and Vega Hato, I love it. I think it's a perfect fight for him, and I do think that you know the 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 idea of a Cody Garbrandt redemption is not crazy. Maybe I'm looking for a new guy too because Steve Wonderboy Thompson's redemption is over. So I'm looking for a new yeah, campaign. That's done, you know. You're underselling though one of those fights though versus uh versus TJ Dillashaw. TJ got saved by the bell in the first one. I know Cody was about to knock his ass out. All right, enough of Cody. Obviously, you got a man crush on him. He is gonna come on this radio show next. And then after that, we'll tap out, we'll give you some bets, we'll try to make some money together, and we'll talk about everything else in the world of mixed martial arts right here on the Bet QL Network.
We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Huge fight weekend coming up. UFC 296 available for you on pay-per-view, but a stacked card. You got the former champ, Cody Garbrandt, is going to be there taking on Brian Kelleher. Champ, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on, man. It's the last one of the day, so uh, it's a good one. Yeah, well, I want to ask you this, man. My son and I were talking about this. He's he's seven. He's uh, talking about he wants his dad to come to school. He wants to tell people what they do. I got to imagine if that was your kid, dad comes to school, gets to explain what to do. You have to that, that nobody could top your job for your kid. That must have you ever had the opportunity to do this? And if so, uh, imagine that you must be the rock star of this. Um, not yet. You know, my son's in kindergarten, but, uh, you know, I, you know, in pre preschool, we had to drop him off, walk him in his class. Sometimes I had black eyes or stitches in my eyes and the kids would be like in his class. Like, oh, And everybody knows, you know, no, knows of it. So it's, uh, he kind of guys, you know, explain to me, yeah, my dad's a fighter. That's why he has, uh, black and black eyes all the time or stitches in his face, you know? So he gets a kick out of it. I mean, he, he's, he, he enjoys it. Oh man, you bring the belt there. That's a wrap. Like you're you're oh, the God. you're the rock star of show and tell. Yeah, I'll come in and say I'm a WWE wrestler. That'd, that'd be the best, you know. That's uh absolutely so like, but it is one that's gotta be a cool feeling for you as a dad because like most kids, they all think that their dad could beat up anybody in the world. You actually it actually happens to be true. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's funny. Kai um we'll go out, you know, do things and you know, obviously we have some, you know, some fans or supporters that come up that want a picture or you know. This is a media, which I, I absolutely love. I, I love in, interaction with my, with my fans, people that truly support me. And early on, you know, Kyle would always, you know, like, they'd walk away. And Kyle would always want to be in the picture. And, like, too, the, the, we have so many. I'm sure a lot of fans have Kyle just in their posing or going at the peace sign. And he, he'd walk away and he'd be, um, he'd always ask, he goes, hey, Dad, he goes, why does, why does everybody love you? You know what I mean? So, like, early on for me, I was like, wow, I was like, this is, you know, my four-year-old son asking that. I had to explain to him. I said, hey, Kai, I said, you know, I was able to do uh, an amazing accomplishment, you know, being a UFC world champion. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, like what I do as, as a career, you know, like daddy fights on TV. So they want to come out and meet me and, you know, they support me. So I kind of got to explain it to him. But, you know, just, you know, just a brutally honest kid. He goes, dad, why does everybody like you? I remember we, we were out at... Um, you know, where we were at, maybe in, in Vegas at a mall or, or something, I had a, a few people come up with pictures and he just was young and he was like, hey, why does everybody love you, Dad? And the, so for me, it kind of was like, put in perspective, like, he's always watching, you know what I mean? He's always watching, like, in engagement and seeing, like, you know, who 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 is his dad? He was his real dad. So I, I'm glad that I get to share that with him and understand, like, what, part of me, what I was able to do. And he's actually, uh, well, he'll be in attendance uh, this Saturday for my first fight. So he's never been to one of my fights. He's always watching my TV. So, you know, he's super excited. He's like, Dad, um, it was so funny. I was trying to get a little piece of his candy today, acting like, or no, it's a couple of days ago. And I was like, you know, let me get a little piece of that. He's going, Dad, you can't. He's like, you got a fight coming up. He's like, you can't. You can't. After the fight, you can't, you know. So he he, he keeps me honest with it. So uh, I'm excited for him to be in, 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 you know, attendance to watch me fight. This will be his first one live. So I'm very excited. Uh, you know, he'll get to see, you know, firsthand what I do. That's awesome, dude. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Goosey's moment as a dad, man. So congratulations yeah. for that one, man. Uh, this matchup against Brian Kelleher, what are the things that you feel like you got to do to have success and get the win? I know, just be myself. You know, um, at the end of the day, anyone I face, any of my adversaries, just be myself, have fun, you know, 
have little reads, little things that I, I can do inside there. You know, obviously, you know, my speed, my power, my vision inside there. Just pick my shots and, and just have fun at the end of the day. You know, it's it's a fight. It's a 15-minute fight. You know, go out there and, and, and showcase my skills, my hard work, my heart, you know, my, you know, warrior mindset and just go in there and just, uh, you know, have fun. At the end of the day, I think that we are so consumed on wins and losses that we let it deter away from what we actually and why we actually started this career is because we loved it we, we had fun with it you know so i think just keeping it fun and doing what i do yeah i mean you mentioned your special accomplishment man. I've, i don't think i've ever seen anybody have as much fun in the octagon as you did when you had your your championship fight and you won that thing what is it like, like it, what is it like finding your flow like that in a, in a fight i mean it just it, it was such a marvelous thing to see and then at the highest stakes with the highest pressure, I can't imagine being loose because you already do a crazy thing for a living, but doing it with that stakes to be at that level, it, it seems insane. Yeah, you know, you have uh, people that talk about flow state, you know, whether they're athletes or their business, you know, like whatever endeavor they do um, to, to talk about it, but to actually live out into a flow state performance, it's pretty amazing. It feels like you're, you're you know, oddly enough, it's you're not inside there, you're outside looking up above you know that's what i felt like i saw everything just was just living in the moment um enjoying myself and all week you know for that fight week was my first world title you know and um you know woodley was like hey man you only fight for one world title first you know you only have one first world title so just take it all in you know and uh you know so that's that that right there was a it was a huge thing that i just kept thinking hey you know like this is just you know be engaged being present you know don't think of what if you know what if this happens what if this happens because there's so many unanswered things that i had going on in my career can i go five rounds could i you know catch this houdini of dominic cruz that was a ghost inside there that was so hard and so elusive to hit and figure out his unorthodox striking and and, and footwork patterns um but Truly, I just believed in myself and was so thankful and happy to be there through everything that I, you know, had to overcome to get to this point. Twenty-five years old, under two, two years in the UFC. It was my sixth fight in the UFC. Um, you know, I was just living in the moment and enjoying it, and just believed in my skill and believed in what I was able to do. It's pretty wild, Cody, because you doing something at that age is not done now. Most guys are about the age you're at, so. Right like do you feel like that title run is still there because it's plenty of time man like you have 32 you know that's most people's primes and you've already been to the mountaintop so you know the path to get there so i guess what's the mindset i guess for this chapter of your career and getting back to there well the mindset's always been you know to be the best you know if i didn't want to you know be the best i wouldn't be in this sport i could walk great tomorrow and be happy with what i was able to accomplish but truly believe i'm the best in the world and I have another opportunity this Saturday to showcase the reason why, you know, some people I'm going to have to remind uh, on Saturday who I am. But at the end of the day, I know who I am and just filled with gratitude to be in this position, have a great camp, uh, be on a big card here in Las Vegas, uh, go get a win against, you know, a, a veteran and Brian Keller. Um, but for me, it's just, you know, enjoying it, enjoying it. Because we don't know when the last time that I can step inside this octagon. We don't know when the last breath is. We could, you know, the crazy things happen in this life, you know, nothing's for granted, take nothing for granted. So uh, just being engaged, being, you know, excited and thankful, uh, go make weight tomorrow, refuel with the family and the team and, and just go have fun. That's in the, the day. Like, like I said earlier, like, I think we are so judged off of wins and losses that we let that dictate, 
you know, stress and pressure and, and takes the, the fun out of it. You know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's a stressful career. You know what I mean? It is, but uh, we can control what we control and go inside the octagon and just prepare ourselves for the best and hope for the worst <laughs> and wish for the best. Sorry. Uh, couple more before we get you out of here. Uh, we're down here in Miami. We got a card coming up uh, in, in March with uh, your weight classes championship, Sean O'Malley, Cheeto Vera rematch. How do you think that fight goes down? It's it's different, you know. I think it's a different fight, you know. I think um, Cheeto's looked great his last fight, you know. He's you know, the last few he was kind of like ah, oh, slow starter. You catch him in the end, but you know, I think the last one, the Pedro fight, you know, Pedro stuff, he was able to you know stick to the game plan and, and get the win. Um, then you have Sugar, you know, that was able to you know knock out Aljamain. I just think Aljamain was pushed too much. Um, and to, to have a too much to turn around, he cuts a lot of weight. I think it was just taxing on his body. And I've been there, you know, I, I spoke with Ajman, we trained a lot. Um, you know, obviously at the VFC performance or two. Um, you know, it was like one of those fights that you get there and you're like, man, I just don't want to be, I don't want to fight, you know, kind of like you almost get there. And like after it was like, ah, I lost, but all right, I'm glad that it's over with kind of thing. And uh, I think that just uh, a lot of things and reasons probably why that he had that feeling. I've know I've, I've been there and, and a lot of those, not just because I've lost, it's just because you go in there and you're just not wholeheartedly into it. And it's, it's tough, man. You have to have, you know, work hard, believe in yourself, a lot of luck in this game too, you know, showing up on the right day, making the right weight cut, no injuries, peaking on fight day. It's a lot that goes into to, into to a victory, you know, and especially at the highest level, you know, everyone in the UFC stuff. There's the the sports evolve so much. Um, every six months, it's always new techniques and new fighters and new new stars arising. So you know, everyone that steps on the UFC is giving it up and dedicated their life to make it there. So um, it just you know one of those things that I'm. I mean, he's got Tito's got the win over him. I'm, I'm not too sure. You know, he gets it done again. I, I'm leaning towards him because he's got the victory over him. Um, but also, when you're the champion, you got the championship confidence. You know what I mean? And and then eyes and, and the motivation. I'm not saying that Cheeto doesn't. I think he's a very driven individual, especially in fighting, and especially where he's came from with this country, and you know where he's able to rise up and. Uh, success that he's had and same with the same with sugar you know i think that he's um you know he's been groomed well in the ufc you know what i mean groomed well um you not know the same, got, not the same as he, you man like that's no, no. like you were like in the shark tank immediately yeah i came out i was calling the shots i wanted the big title i wanted the big fights and i got that you know those guys i was 25 years old as a world champion 11 and all under two years in the ufc um, I was a world champion, but, you know, I think they were groomed, you know, I think Sugar Sean was groomed well. He needed to be, I think, I don't think if they put him in, you know, at the top with a lot of those fighters, then early on, he wouldn't have had the success that he's had, but hey, hats off to him. You know, he's got a rematch with Cheeto. I think that's a, a, a good fight. Uh, I'll be in attendance. Uh, I'm excited to go down to Miami and yeah. watch that fight. So, right. yeah. You know, maybe I'll do an in-studio uh, interview. That'd it. be great. Hey, yeah. would love it, dude. Well, I was actually that was actually going to be my next question because uh, I don't know if that's too quick a turnaround or what. But you get the victory. Would that interest you at all being on that card, or do you want to be in attendance watching that card? You know, I like to be in attendance. Uh, my son's birthday is the twelfth, so you know I kind of have to you know have camp around there. But I mean, the ninth would be good. Hey, who, who knows? 
knows what happens you know uh, i'll stay ready I, I i train year round i'm always ready my weight's always in uh phenomenal uh condition to be able to you know do the weight drop i have dr capo as my nutritionist and obviously work with the ufc performance institute as well nutritionist so yeah I, i'm just i'm always ready man i'm always ready especially you know they throw you in there someone you want to fight he's going to be but you know i'm looking forward to saturday and i have a big call after saturday Hey, man, thanks so much for the time, Cody. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy this week. Enjoy it with your son. That's so cool. And uh, it's always a thrill to watch you fight, man. Thank you so much for the time. Thanks. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Right. Take care. back with more tapped out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL network
putting a bow on this edition of Tapped Out. See what I did there? It's the holiday season. We're putting a bow on it. That's Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. We've talked about UFC 296 and what a weird night that was. Pretty much everything that happened last Saturday night was weird. One of the weirder things was a fight that happened in the stands. Now, maybe it wasn't because our boy Sean Strickland, uh, he's ready to go whenever somebody else is. But with Drake as two plus E, with everybody watching, kid kind of in the middle of it, they got him out of the way, thank goodness. That usually is a lot of talking, not usually punches thrown. I don't know. I'm here for it. I mean, look, it's gonna it's gonna promote the holy hell out of the fight. I know uh, some people were claiming stage. I think Robert Whitaker this week claimed uh, staged. Doesn't believe it. Uh, I will say that they teased the holy hell out of it. Like they said, oh, we have the footage. So. You know, it, it just whatever they're trying to do to 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 get this first pay per view of the year off the ground. I, I do feel like it's working because it seemed like there was genuine heat between those two guys. Sean Strickland is uh, about that action. I thought it was very adorable of him telling the Burns family, Gilbert Burns's family, to move over and get the hell he out of the it. way. And uh, you know, it was. It, I thought it was entertaining. I think it definitely stole most of the attention of the night. I feel like because. Dana White didn't even start the uh, the press conference talking about the main event. So, I, I but I, I I get the people skeptical of it because Dana's talked about, oh, I'm in charge of the seating charts. Oh, that one slipped past my mind. Like how? How does that slip past your mind? I don't. Does it unless you wanted it to slip past your mind? Well, outside of the uh, Irena Aldana Carol Rosa fight, it probably was the fight of the night. If we're being honest with ourselves, uh, my boy Big Cornelius. He said the same thing. He thought it was staged. He said, nah, man. He had on his tinfoil hat. He was like, nah, that, that didn't. That was supposed to happen. I don't think so. Because what happened, Sean Strickland definitely was throwing a couple of haymakers. What if one of them connects clean and then you have to delay that championship fight? Like, I'm all in when it comes to crop circles and aliens and Loch Ness Monster. I think that UFC fighters don't need any sort of behind-the-scenes funny business to fight each other. That was, to me, that was 100% real. What say you? Your personal opinion. Oh, it sounds like you did some funny business. I think it's funny business that Dana wanted the controversy. Like, I think he wanted that to happen. You know what I mean? Like, so I... I don't think it was staged, but I think that the ingredients were put together for it to happen on purpose. Is, like if, Khabib if that in the bus? Sense. Like Khabib in kind the bus? Kind of, yeah. Like, I, I just think that I, I don't think it was staged, but I think that Dana, if you, we've heard of them, like he takes pride and I do the seating chart, so I'll take the blame. I think that he knew, like, how can I get some hot attention on this new champion, this kind of unknown challenger? DDP is fairly new to a lot of people. How can we spice this up a little bit? Good old-fashioned grudge match. Talking about your dad abusing you at the the press conference, and then on top of it, the next day they're sitting uh, a row apart. You know, who and you know, and here's the thing: you know, Sean Strickland's about that action. Like he's not a hold me back guy. He's gonna go in there. Hell, we just saw him take down a what was that guy? A robber or a, not a robber? Like a, some guy who was had a DUI or something like that. Gunpoint the guy. That guy is gonna. He's he's nuts. He's gonna go into the action immediately. So Dana White knows that. He goes, perfect. Got my fight. Got my Dana got my White video. Has Dana has guys and gals for everything. We really think that he's sitting there with the seating chart going, all right, 
I think Strickland should go here. I heard Uriah Faber is going to be here for this fight. And so let's put him up there. He's a good-looking guy. Let's put uh, – get out of here. That doesn't happen. He's got somebody that does that. But it, cool on him, I guess, to uh, step forward and take the blame. Speaking of Dana, he gave us all sorts of fight announcements coming up at UFC 299. Where's that one going down? Oh, baby, right down here in Miami, dude. I cannot wait. I was talking about this at the Heat game this week with some of the Heat people. They're fired up for this one. So, all right, let's go ahead and get to that. By the way, he also reiterated John Jones versus Stipe Miocic is next, but Tom Aspinall would fight somebody in the meantime. I think that's kind of how we saw that all playing out. How about this? You got Michael Venom Page, first fight in the UFC versus Kevin Holland, Song Yudong versus Piotr Jan, Gilbert Burns versus JDM, Ian Gary versus Jeff Neal, RDA versus Matisse Gamrot, and then Curtis Blades versus Jalatin Almeida, and that's already on top of what was a pretty damn good card. You're going to be in the house. You're going to be octagon side. Let's start with Kevin Holland versus MVP. Your thoughts? Oh, I mean, first of all, it's a great first fight for MVP. Um, I'm curious to see what the odds look like. I haven't looked at any of the pre-odds on any of these. I imagine that MVP is going to be a slight favorite because everyone's going to kind of have the aura of him coming over. And if that's the case, I think I like Holland as a dog. If that does end up being the case, just because, you know, Holland with, with versus a striker, it's a very tough matchup. He's very, very explosive. He's probably as unorthodox with some of the knockouts that he can get as MVP is. But yeah, super exciting. And by the way, I just want to say as an aside, props to Dana White. He's learned his lesson with Miami. He now loves Miami all of a sudden after blacklisting us for 10 years. You know, you come correct with the Miami cards. Like, this is an event town. You better don't don't come in here with any BS like you're doing in Canada. You throw Canada the crumbs like, oh, we'll give you Strickland. And, <laughs> you know, Canada's going to show up for anything. Miami, we want all the stars there. The tickets are going to be out. there. Sean, I mean, they're outrageously priced down. They did a $12 million gate last time. Uh, you know, like, he, he, is going, he knows this is going to be, I think he was true to his word. He said this is going to be one of his signature stops. And this card's off. The one that is weird is Gilbert versus JDM. I find that I, I found that to be a pretty surprising fight. I didn't think Gilbert would uh would take a fight like that against JDM. It feels like, you know, a, kind of a high risk, low reward for him because I don't feel like him beating JDM is going to give him a whole lot of credit. Like Gilbert's four, JDM is eleven right now in the rankings. So that one was a little surprising. To me. Gilbert in his own backyard down there in the 305. Gilbert Burns versus Jack Della Madeline. Let's spend just a second on that one. The thing that I find kind of weird about this card is, by the way, we haven't even talked about the main event, which is Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera Part 2. And there's a bunch of other fun fights sprinkled in there that we'll get to. Uh, 300 comes after 299 chronologically, right? I was never good at math, but it goes 298, 299, 300. They better... Stack the hell out of UFC 300 because look at what the card is right before UFC 299. If you want to talk about main event and then say the next eight, nine, ten fights, this is as good as I've ever seen. Yeah. It tells me they got something big in the works for 300. Definitely got to be Connor. Definitely like there's no doubt and uh, uh, there's got to be no doubt that's that Connor's comeback is going to be 300. That's definitely going to be the main event. What they're going to do is this. I think they're going to bring back, and you. I remember you saying not too long ago that this wasn't really what you wanted, but I think this is what the fans want. I think we get all the goodies. I think we get Usman. I think we get Izzy. I think we get Connor. I think we get, you know, all these guys that we've been watching fight for the last hand, basically since UFC 200. 
you know, obviously John's not going to be back in time, but it feels like that's what they're going to do is give us all the fighters that we've been seeing now for the last handful of years. And then I think we're also going to get some of the new guys sprinkled in there. Like I bet Patty Pimblett, you mentioned versus Jared Gordon. Doesn't that feel like a great undercard fight for UFC 300? Like the eighth best fight on the card type thing? Yeah, definitely putting up all of your studs. Like even putting a Bo Nickel on there would be really cool too. Bo Nickel. You know, Hamzat. Uh, yeah, putting in, you know, if you're going to have a Connor card, have a Connor card with Islam on it. You know, oh, yeah. really piss, Islam. You know, like have Islam, but then have Connor as the main event just to really piss off Islam Akachev. There you go. Like that would, you know, just a little bit of drama there. Maybe uh, see see what what's a brew in there if you know Connor actually can get a win. I don't even know if though if it's gonna be at a uh, one seventy or one fifty five. Who the hell knows with Connor McGregor anyway? But that you make a great point. Two ninety nine is stacked, but I think their obvious answer to three hundred is that's gonna be the Connor comeback fight. Ian Gary, Jeff Neal at two ninety nine. What do you think about that one? Ian Gary was supposed to fight on this card out because of pneumonia, so he should be fresh. I like it because this is a genuine grudge match too, you know, with Ian. This is kind of where Ian's heel turn started, where he wore the uh, the the Jeff Neal mugshot shirt. Um, low, it's low. a much more interesting, yeah, much more interesting shot that uh, fight than uh, him versus Luke, who were very cordial. I don't think that's what you want with Ian. It, it really does feel like you want to talk about conspiracies. I think they know with Ian Gary they got a potential star, and it was going really bad for him with the public image of everybody taking shots at him because of the wife and the wife with the ex-husband and all that stuff. I think the UFC has said, time out, hold up. What do we need to do here? We got a guy here. He's going to get crushed at this press conference with Strickland, with Colby. We can't have that. All right? What we're going to do, we're going to say he has pneumonia, punt on this, we're going to give him an actual grudge match the next fight around so we can kind of refurbish the image a little bit. You know, maybe he'll get Sean, uh, Sean O'Malley talking some bleep. But uh, of the list of the guys you said, Kevin Holland's probably the only one who's going to stir the pot in, uh, amongst that crew. So if you want to talk about conspiracy, Ian Gary, and now Ian Gary can, I guess, go back to training at uh, his home in South Florida because this isn't against Luke, so it's not two gym guys. So that one kind of smells a little fishy to me. But, you know, if, I, if I'm reaching too much, I apologize to the Gary family and hope you're all recovering from pneumonia. South Florida fishy, like Bermuda Triangle area? Are we talking? Are we getting that? Come on, dude. I, I, I That'd be awesome if you were right. But come on. The definitely, dude, they would have loved dude. to have had They would have loved to have had him on this car. They would have loved to have had him get up there and talk smack with those guys. I don't no? think so. It was a bad I, I think he, It was a bad move. I think he, I think he was genuinely bothered by it. I think he was flustered. And I think flustered. that they want, yeah, I think that they want this guy to be the next Connor. Imagine, you know, you have this, this, this gem of a guy. He has a win at 299. Then you can have him in the crowd for UFC 300 when Connor comes back. You know, maybe he walks like, I don't know. But it just felt like this felt like a whole damage control type of thing of we can't have Ian Gary on this card. What are we going to do? Okay, let's just punt on this, have him fight in Miami. Let's have him fight against Jeff Neal, who they hate each other anyway. That'll have a lot of natural brewing anyway. But at least, like, at least if there's grudge there, Sean, it's for a fight that's going to happen. You know, you can't have Sean Strickland just popping off and 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 crushing this guy left and right. He's already doing that on Instagram and Twitter every day anyway. But now, if he had, he doesn't have a press conference to do it. So I don't know. I just felt like it was. Uh, 
that, that that's what my tinfoil hat said when I saw that Ian Gary was getting a grudge match for his comeback fight. Dana's hooking you guys up down there in South Beach. RDA versus Matisse Gamrot, Gileton Almeida versus Curtis Blades. There's like 10, 12 good fights on that card. We'll talk more about it when we join you next week. And then we've got our wrap-up show where we talk about all the champions and what we're looking forward to coming up. I can't believe it. In 2024. Wow. For Jake Nowaker and Brendan Tobin, I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Keep your tinfoil hats on, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Tapped Out.